But when we're at home, I, I never have had church live stream before until all this happened and uh, always uh, was live in church preaching myself. And so my wife and I, we'd get up and we'd get dressed on Sunday morning and we'd sit there on the couch and uh, got a little settee in our, in our bedroom and, uh, and set up for it and everything. So uh, I just want to encourage you, don't get too comfortable with God. Amen. Service time is service time. That'll kind of help you keep, keep things going, keep your heart right with God. I would like to say hello to our Sunday school class, the Home Builders class. Um, I haven't been able to get up with everybody uh, on a personal basis, but we're trying to plan a Christmas get-together the 18th of December, 5 o'clock, that's on a Friday. And so those of you that may be interested, depending on what the COVID threat level may be at the time, we don't know, uh, give me or my wife a phone call. If you don't have our phone numbers, you can call the church office and get it. We're trying to get a, get a head count. We're going to have the meal catered and do something similar to what we did last year, and uh, we just had really a great time. So kind of keep that in mind, and if you're interested, you feel safe doing that, and we'll kind of look at it, you know, day by day, week by week, until the 18th of December. Give me or my wife a call and let us know so we can get a head count for that. Um, Luke chapter 7, if you would, we'll go ahead and read, and we'll jump right into it. We'll have a word of prayer. Luke chapter 7, look down to verse 36, if you would. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus was at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, the one owed five hundred pence and the other fifty. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore which of them will love him most. And Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thy house, and they gave me no, no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou did not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, so much for loving us and saving us. We just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to share the word tonight. And God, I'm just thankful, dear Lord, that you're faithful. And I pray that you'd help us these times that we live in today and what's going on even right now. God, we need you. And Lord, we know that uh, this country has got to be under some type of judgment, dear Lord, for the lifestyles of this nation as what has transpired the last 50, 60 years. But Lord, we just ask you to help us. Lord, we need to be helped personally. Our homes need to be helped tonight. I need to be helped tonight. My wife and I, our home. And God, we just pray that you'd just help us tonight through this passage. Thank you for laying it upon my heart. I pray that you'd send your spirit, God, and your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise the Lord. I've asked the Lord to uh, 
I'm kind of old-fashioned. I don't have a suitcase full of sermons that I tote around. I have to have God to stir my heart about something uh, when I preach or when I uh, teach is a little bit different. But I asked him to give me something when Brother Jeremiah had asked me if I wanted to preach uh, the Sunday night before Thanksgiving. This coming week we'll be uh, thinking about how good God has been to us and thinking about being thankful. And I think it, uh, no, I don't think, I know that we, we become complacent at times. It's kind of like Christmas, you know. Christmas, when I was a kid, was a lot different than it is. You hear people talk about it being in commercial and stuff like that. And I think, you know, Thanksgiving, that national holiday, has kind of become like that. But, you know, God appreciates the thankful people. As we take a look at this passage, I think we can find something here that will kind of maybe stir our hearts tonight, maybe help us, maybe more, even more than you know. This account here is something that stirred my heart for many, many years, and I've preached out of it several times, but just never really have gotten the depths of all that God has in here. So I pray that he'll do that here tonight. As we read this passage, there's four similar accounts recorded in the Gospels uh, that similar to this one right here. Three is mentioned that took place in the house of Simon. Twice is mentioned, they call him Simon um, um, the uh, leper. Simon the leper, there we go. And then one time it mentions it was in the house of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And there the woman was identified as Mary. You hear all kinds of, I've asked several preachers about this, if they think it was all the same woman or not. But it's, it's a good possibility that it was the same person. Now Simon here in this passage in verse 39 was offended. He says that he spake within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman it is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. I believe Simon here was offended. I believe he was disappointed at Jesus' abilities. Now, he's thinking this within his heart. Of course, the Lord knows exactly what's going on inside of his head. I believe he's also insulted that Jesus uh, allowed this to take place in his home. Now, again, Jesus, being aware of Simon's thoughts, puts a question to him in verse 41 and 42. And he gives the parable about a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of these will love him the most? Well, Simon answers, and he gives the, the correct answer. He says the one that he forgave the most. What Simon does in here, he reveals a little bit about his own heart. Simon didn't owe much, so he didn't appreciate much. And his attitude was one of self-worth. Jesus, on the other hand, was pleased with the attitude of this woman. Her deep appreciation expressed in her humble honoring of Christ. And our Lord was so pleased that, if you will, he hangs a picture frame around this event that has spanned the ages up until now and will continue to be preached about until the Lord comes back. He was, he was very pleased with what she did. He said, Verily I say unto you in Matthew 26, 13, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial unto her. I want to preach tonight on the attitude of gratitude. The attitude of gratitude. We live in a country tonight of plenty. I don't know when the last time it was that my cabinet went bare. Uh, even when the finances went down, uh, the cabinets always had food in it. I haven't had my lights turned off in a long, long time. It goes back a long time. I always seem to round up gas to put in the car and seem to always have a good automobile to drive. Don't you think about that tonight going into Thanksgiving this, this coming week, the attitude of gratitude. And I want to just give you a few things, a very simple message. 
But I want you to think about this woman. I want you to think a little bit about Simon. But then I want you to think about yourself. And I'll tell you tonight right off the bat, um, I'm not as thankful as I need to be. As a matter of fact, if I had to get down to it, well, to have the thankfulness that the Lord would be pleased with tonight, I think many of us would be at a little bit of a miss. And so as we take a look at this, the attitude of gratitude, I want to give you, as most preachers do, three things about that. And the first one is, starts with unworthiness. I want you to think about that for just a few minutes tonight. Unworthiness. The attitude of unworthiness. A personal awareness that, you know, we're unworthy. We're really unworthy of anything. And this woman here, uh, she had it in verse 38. As she came to the Lord, uh, she didn't say a word. She was quiet. She came up behind him and stood behind him there for a few moments. And she began to weep. And tears began to come down her face and began to drip on his feet. And then she bowed herself down and began to wash his feet. But she had it. She had this uh, personal awareness of an unworthiness. And I think, that's a, I think that is, begins with uh, that attitude of unworthiness to, to really appreciate who God is and what he's done. Um, what a wonderful lyrics in the songs that we sang tonight, especially that special uh, about God being good in the valley, God being good everywhere. And I want to tell you tonight, God has been good to me. I have a wonderful wife of 46 years, ups and downs and ins and outs. And boy, God has blessed our marriage. God's blessed me with three kids. God's blessed me with 10 grandkids. Uh, got a camp. I, I never run out of anything to do at the camp. We have kids come and go in the summertime. And uh, God has just really been good to me and to my family. And I'm sure he's been good to you. But don't you think about that uh, unworthiness and attitude of unworthiness. Listen to what Paul said uh, about our life in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 7. Paul says, moved by the Holy Spirit, right? For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. We didn't bring anything here. Matter of fact, when we came here, we got here and hit planet Earth, we came with a deficit. We came as a sinner, uh, unclean, a sinner needing Christ. And uh, as old uh, uh, Carl Hatch used to say, uh, like the little ducks when they're born, they're not born swimming, but they're born swimmers. Amen? And when we come into this world, we're born sinners, and we need Christ. We're unworthy. God said of Job, in, uh, in Job chapter 1, speaking to the devil, he says, Hast thou considered my servant Job? And he said, There's none like him in all the earth. And then Job, in Job 1, 21, Job said this about himself. He said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked I shall return thither. He said, The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job realized this great man of God, this man of great wealth, and the one that God said to the devil, Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him. And he said, I came here naked. I came here with nothing. And I'll leave here with nothing. And in the middle of that verse, he said, The Lord gave. He gave credit to God. And he showed his unworthiness. And so tonight, this attitude of unworthiness. And I'm looking at Simon, and Simon's thinking, You know, if Jesus only knew, if Jesus only knew in what manner of woman this is, but you know, Jesus did know. Amen? He, he, knew, he knew all about this woman like he knew all about Simon. And she knew about herself. But can I tell you tonight, this is just the kind that Jesus is looking for. Amen? He came to seek and save that which was lost. The Bible tells us that when one sinner uh, turns to repentance, that they shut everything down in heaven and the angels rejoice over the joy of one sinner uh, that cometh to know the Lord. And so Simon's thinking was that if Jesus knew, he did know, amen? I'm glad he knew about me. Aren't you glad he knew about you? 
about this unworthiness. And I'm glad I got to the point one day that I found out that I was unworthy. Amen? I could no longer hide behind uh, my youth. I could no longer hide behind uh, maybe good looks when I had them and had a few hairs left on top of my head and had a girl that would think I was handsome and want to marry me one day and all those things. And I'm so glad I got to the point one day uh, in a church during an invitation and, and I had to give it up. And I had to come to grips with my unworthiness and my great need. Jesus said this to John the Baptist. These are great men I'm talking about. In Matthew 11, 11, he said, There's not risen a greater than John the Baptist. John said of himself he, about Jesus, he said, The latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. You see the unworthiness in these great men of God, what God said about them, and then what they said about themselves. So the attitude of gratitude starts with an attitude of unworthiness. Amen? I don't know about you, it's been a long time since I didn't expect anything. How about you? An unworthy attitude is one that doesn't expect anything because we don't deserve anything. And boy, that puts us in a place for what God does, that we can uplift God, we can glorify God, amen, and we can praise the Lord for what He's done. The second one is an attitude of indebtedness. An attitude of indebtedness. This parable that the Lord gives us here, and He gives to Simon, and he talks about who owes what, about who owes what. And, and he talks about one guy uh, owing ten times as much as the other one. And he says, neither one of them had anything to pay, so which one would love the most? And Simon gives the correct answer, the same answer I would give. Well, the one that he forgave the most. But tonight, we owe a debt, and we have nothing to pay. We owe a debt, and we have nothing to pay. Just, just like this woman, just like Simon. In Matthew 16, 26, Jesus said, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Listen to all of it. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Have you ever thought that the whole world, if you could give somebody the whole world, if you possess the whole world, that the whole world could not purchase one soul? Have you ever thought about that? You find that there in that verse. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul if he had the whole world? The whole world would not buy one soul. Well, my dear friend, she was aware of this price. As she stood there and looked at the back of the Lord and saw his feet stuck out as the oriental style when they would sit down to a meal, and as she stood behind him, she was aware of the price that had to be paid, the debt that we have nothing to pay, that the Lord was going to have to pay. I believe that she knew that he was on his way to pay her debt. Now John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. But I'd like to break that down tonight to one person, this woman, another person, me, another person, my wife, another person, you that are sitting watching here at home. She knew that he was on his way to pay for her sins. As she was ministering to the Lord, common courtesy when somebody entered in the house uh, back in the Bible days is to offer them, uh, they walked most everywhere, they would offer some water for their feet. And, um, and then to offer them uh, uh, anointing oil. And then the, the greeting of the, of the kiss. And Simon offered none of those things. But as she was standing there behind the Lord, 
she was aware of this price. She had an attitude of indebtedness uh, of the debt that she owed, and she had nothing to pay. I don't know about you, have you ever went up somewhere to buy something, and you reached for your wallet, and your wallet wasn't there? I mean, how embarrassing that is. That happened to me at least a couple of times. Uh, back in the days when you could pump the gas, you didn't have to pay for it first, but you would pump it, and you'd go in to pay. And I remember one time, the little town we lived in, when it did have the last gas station, and uh, I went out and pumped gas and went in to pay, and, and man, I didn't have my wallet. One of the few times, I don't ever go anywhere without my wallet, and uh, usually, but that time that I did, and I got in there, and man, how embarrassed I was. Uh, and I knew the guy, and the guy knew me, and it wasn't no big deal to him. He just kind of laughed at it, but I was embarrassed about it because I didn't have the money to pay for my gas. Can you imagine how serious this is, this attitude of indebtedness that we owe a debt and we have nothing to pay? We owe a debt and we have nothing to pay. And there, she's aware of this price, and she was aware that he was on his way to pay for his sins. Matthew 26, 12, the Bible says, For in that he, she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Now, back during this period of time, Jesus was uh, accused, and he was crucified as a malefactor, a lawbreaker. And he was crucified between two thieves. And they were not given a proper burial. Of course, it was, uh, the Sabbath was coming up, and they had to be hurriedly got down from the cross. The thieves' legs had to be broken. And so uh, she was going to anoint his body because there was not going to be time after he was taken down off the cross that he would be immediately buried before the sun went down. This was an astute woman. She knew some things. I believe the Holy Spirit of God, when brought conviction upon her heart, when she had heard the preaching of Jesus somewhere in through all this, that this woman was very aware of the price for her sin. And as she stood there, as Simon was disgusted about what was taking place, this woman that was a sinner, she was already born again. She was a saint of God. And she was standing there realizing, here this man, here this man, the Son of God, is fixed to be on his way to go pay for my sins. You know, I think she, I think she looked back at some things maybe. I'm glad my sins are in the past, amen? I don't know about you. I think it does some good every once in a while to look back at some things. And I believe when she saw Christ there and, and, and she realized what was going on and she was hearing the words of Simon, I believe that she saw some things in her past, ugly things that had taken place in her life, her indebtedness. And I believe that attitude of indebtedness, that we have a debt, that she had a debt, and she had nothing to pay. I believe God was very pleased with that. And I believe that's why he said part of it, that wherever the gospel is preached, I want this woman's deed to be mentioned. Can you imagine that? There's few, there's few things in the Bible that Jesus did that for. So we see this attitude, secondly, the attitude of indebtedness. We owe a debt, and we have nothing to pay. You know, tonight we've got frills, we've got all kind of things, and we've got all kind of amusements and all kind of things we can look to. But I want to tell you something. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is the real deal here. This is what's real. This is not make-believe. This is not movies. This is not science fiction. This is, this is the real stuff. 
an attitude of indebtedness. The price, as we think about it, as she looked there and saw our Lord, the price that he was about to pay. You know, the price says a lot about the debt, doesn't it? God came down from heaven for me. You say, well, he came for everybody else. Yeah, but he came for me personally and for you personally and for her personally and for my wife personally, my son personally. And the price that had to be paid says that was a pretty big debt. If you could possess the whole world. The Antichrist is, I suppose, is on his way. I'm not switching messages, I'm just throwing something at you. He's very likely alive and walking around somewhere right now, maybe. He will be. And he's going to be so-called the ruler of the world, declare himself to be God. He can have all of it, but he could not buy one soul with it. I'm saying the price that was paid says a lot about the debt that we owe. Now, can I tell you before I get to the last point, nothing has changed. We didn't pay anything on this debt. We came here naked. We came here a sinner. We came here needing Christ. We got to an accountable age and, thank God, was able to get saved. We'll leave here, we'll not take anything with us. And that debt's still the same. Even though it's paid for, we didn't pay it, God did. This attitude of indebtedness. I don't know about you, but uh, I like to be around friendly people, amen? My wife's one of the friendliest people I know. I like being around her, except when she's mad at me. <laughs> and, uh, uh, amen, I, uh, I like to be around friendly people. You know, people that that don't think much of themselves as far as that they're just really super important or somebody, that's good people to be around to me. I don't know about you. And this is what this means to us tonight, this attitude of indebtedness. So we see here an attitude that starts with unworthiness, an attitude of unworthiness. And then an attitude we see with this woman uh, of indebtedness. We owe a debt and have nothing to pay. And nothing has changed we still have nothing to pay. I still have nothing to give, to give God. All the works that I could do if I lived to be a hundred years old or a thousand years old, there's nothing that, that I could do to pay this debt. Here's the third one. And this is probably most precious of all of them, but I believe you've got to have the first one and the second one to really have this third one is an attitude an attitude of love, the expression of her love. Now, it was not her love that bought her salvation. Jesus did. Blood had to be shed, amen? Innocent blood. I mean, the Son of God. But the expression of her love, an attitude of love, is the product of her forgiveness. She was able to love because she had been forgiven. The Bible says that much was forgiven and she loved much, but the, forget, the, the love was based on the forgiveness. And her expression there with the Lord, this attitude of love that she loved much, 
is the product of her forgiveness. 1 John 4, 19, the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. A couple years ago, as much as, uh, as, as I've preached the last 30 years and been married for 46 years and, 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 and married couples and, 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 and tried to counsel with couples some good common sense stuff they need and when they're having a rough time in their marriage, and as many times in marriage counseling, uh, before I would marry anybody, they had to go through six weeks of it, amen? And, uh, and I'd get to that part in Ephesians chapter 5, and it talks about the husbands. I was big on that part that my wife was responsible for. You know, and I, I don't think I was Duke about it. I may have been when I was younger a little bit. But uh, the part about the wife being submissive to the husband and all that, we covered all that in a nice Bible way and all that, and, 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 and all that's in the Bible. But in later years, I, I keep going back and reading that part about husbands love your wives. And I'm still on the same message, okay? I ain't switch gears as Christ loved the church. You know what I found out? I found out I was doing a poor job. I'd read it, I'd taught it, I'd preached it. But then when I got to comparing what love really is, I didn't know anything about love until I got saved. And then I was just a novice Christian. And through a lifetime of learning and reading the Bible, this thing about loving is Christ's love. And this woman, she loved much because she had been forgiven. And I share with you tonight this attitude of love. And not just to, just to beat up husbands tonight, but I'm going to tell you, that's a tall order, guys. Love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So I interject that into here with this attitude of love, this expression of her love towards Christ. And 1 John 4, 19 again says, we love him because he first loved us. I submit to you tonight that she was not the same woman. Not about you, but, you know, I, I never have been a shouting Baptist as you hear some of these folks, and I don't have a problem with all that, man, but when I'm up here behind the pulpit, that'd be something to shout about, amen? I mean, you look at a bunch of dull people sitting out in a bunch of pews, and when you say this stuff, and God's stirring your heart about it, I mean, amen, that... That she was not the same woman. She was not the woman that Simon thought she was. She was not the woman of her past. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much. Hebrews 2.3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So great a salvation. You know, we ought to be willing tonight to do anything God wants us to do. We ought to be willing before He even asks us. Amen. I don't know about you. Have you ever thought about how trivial sometimes what a big problem is to us, how trivial that is in the scheme of things in heaven and hell and who God is and the attitude we ought to have? 
Pride ought not be a problem, huh? But it is, isn't it? Well, I'll forgive you if you forgive me. Well, I'm not going to go first. Right? An attitude. An attitude of love. We'll fix that. These three attitudes tonight, and there's a, there's a bunch more, but one, two, and three, and then the attitude of love. You know that gives you freedom as a Christian? You don't have to worry about what anybody thinks. I don't think this woman, uh, as far as I know, she didn't ask anybody's permission. I think she just waltzed right in there. Amen? I like that. And she just went and did her thing and didn't say nothing to nobody, and I think the Lord was there already, and, and uh, Simon probably would have run her off, and one of the greatest things in the history of the Bible uh, would have been missed. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation of what God has done for us? And I want to tell you something tonight. We just think about our unworthiness. Job said, I'm unworthy. John the Baptist said, I'm unworthy. I'd just like to walk in one of them guys' shoes. Amen. I'd just like to walk close enough to them and just carry their Bible. Amen. And they said, I'm unworthy. And then the indebtedness. We owe a debt and we got nothing to pay. I don't know about, I don't know how I look in that camera, but with this, you know, this, this suit ain't that old. I mean, it's, it's a nice suit and I got a nice tie. My shirt's white and don't have a bunch of wrinkles in it. And I got that hair laid down, you know, got lotion on it and got a little bit deodorant. You won't get close enough to smell none of that, but, uh, you know, I'm spruced up pretty good. But you know what? That doesn't change who I am. Sometimes I think we just get too impressed. Forgive me for dwelling here, but God says park a minute. I think sometimes we just take ourselves a little bit too seriously. I remember as a boy, the neat thing about being childlike, you're resilient. Amen? And you do what you're told or you did when I was a kid. Amen? That's, that carried a lot of weight when I was a kid. And, and, and folks says, be happy with what you got. And you didn't have no choices. You'd be happy with what you got. And I remember our family went through a, through a, 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 a tough time when, when we were kids. And, and, um, and I remember one Christmas, or maybe a couple of Christmases, man, that uh, uh, we had got Christmas from the Salvation Army. And I remember, uh, I remember we got, uh, we got a, we called them a Navy blanket them old blue blankets, and some of them were white, and they were made out of wool. And uh, I finally figured out what it was that, that itched you so bad. It was that wool, them blankets. And then we got, uh, got some fruit. And uh, I, remember, I remember I got a, uh, man, I was probably about eight or nine years old. I remember I got a, uh, a Tonka truck. Man, I run that truck all over that project, made hills and dirt hills and stuff like that. And... But we were thankful. We appreciated that. We didn't think we was going to get anything. And I don't know if your family ever went through a dry spell or a low moment in life, but I think it would be good for you to learn to appreciate things. 
And I don't want to get ugly at the end of the sermon. I love you, and I hope you love us. But this expression of love, and I've always had a little bit of trouble of meeting the mark that I feel like God wants me to in that department. But amen, maybe i got a few years left that I can work on it. But God did speak to my heart a couple years ago, as I said, love your wife as Christ loved the church. So we see this third attitude of gratitude was is love. She was not the same woman. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. Now, as we close this thing down, after that experience that we just talked about, that we just read, and you, can, and you read it here in your Bible, after that experience, I want to leave this with you. I can't see her ever getting over it. Have you got over it? Can you put yourself standing next to Christ and seeing him there at a meal? And in your unworthiness, stand behind him and weeping, a tear being stirred, dripping down and then bowing down and washing his feet, knowing that he was fixing to go to the cross to pay your sin debt, a debt that we rightfully owe, but we had nothing to pay. But she washed her hands in the horror of thinking of what was going to happen. She was so appreciative, and all her sins were forgiven, and she loved much. The attitude of love. After I experienced, I can't ever see her getting over it. What about us? I remember sometimes you get in the process. I know Brother Jeremiah, he's, he speaks so well. But I know even, even him at times, you, you run through the motions and you don't really appreciate stuff sometimes. And all of us. And I'm not speaking ill about Brother Jeremiah, but... Sometimes you just run so fast and you do so much and you're, you're just involved in everything. A.J. Gordon talked about these fountains that water spews out of and all that water that spews out of them iron fountains in that courtyard that never taste a drop of it. And I say that as I recall a song leader that was at a church that I'd pastored in seminary. And as many times as I heard that guy sing this song, and you'll remember who it is, as many times, and he sang it good, he's bald-headed too. And he said, in the song, I can't remember the song, but this lyric was just sticky. And he sang, and he sang with joy. You could see it on his face. And he says, look what I've traded for a mansion. Amen? And I think that's where that woman was. She realized those three things. The attitude of unworthiness. The attitude of indebtedness. And the attitude of love. And the love comes because of forgiveness. She loved much. Much was forgiven and she loved much. Before I pray, I would encourage you as I'm... 
want to be encouraged myself that this year with all the things we don't we don't know what's going to happen we don't know what's going to transpire between now and and the end of the year we don't know what next year is going to happen we know that things are moving things are moving fast and you know I'm not going to stand here and make a bunch of predictions because the Bible will tell us what we need to know but you know what would be great this year wouldn't it be great this year just to just to really honor God with a thankful heart don't worry so much about all the things that we worry about on Thanksgiving make it a point this year to have the right attitude a attitude of gratitude boy I bet I bet God would be so happy it may even go a long way in getting a prayer answered amen Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for loving us and saving us. We thank you for this opportunity to come and share a message. And